When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, and welcome back to The Carol Markowitz Show on iHeartRadio. I'm not big on New Year's resolutions. I don't think anyone keeps to them, and that makes them largely pointless. But in 2016, I came up with a fairly easily achievable one, to take more pictures of myself by myself. At the time, there was a lot of conversation around women feeling this self-loathing, especially women who have had babies, and staying out of photographs. That wasn't really my problem. I might not always love the way I look, but I never shied away from pictures, especially with my kids. And nights out with my husband can certainly include some selfies. But in all of 2015, a year in which I took several thousand pictures of my kids, I realized I had a total of five pictures of just me alone. Now, why do I need pictures of myself? Well, why do we need pictures at all? It's nice to look back and feel nostalgia and reminisce about a time worth photographing. And why does every picture of me have to include other people? It's not narcissism, it's individualism. I'm a mother and a wife, sure, but I'm someone without them too. I love looking back at photographs from years ago. Like there I am at age five on my first day of school. I spoke no English and had a note pinned to my dress that had all of my information on it. Or at 16, all dressed up, ready to go out with friends. There's the picture of me under my Jim Morrison poster in the horrible basement apartment I lived in in my sophomore year of college. Or the one of me on the Scottish border, the first time I ever traveled alone. There were other people there, and I have pictures I treasure with them too. But the ones of me by myself really tell my story. So in 2016, my New Year's resolution was to take more pictures of myself and continue telling that story. Some people make resolutions to eat better or work out. Mine was to have some memories of myself as a person without kids attached to my head. Did it work? Not exactly. For one thing, it was awkward, of course, to be in your late 30s and snapping selfies of yourself or worse, handing your phone to someone else and saying, take a picture of me by myself. 
I wasn't looking to become one of those girls on Instagram with dozens of pictures of themselves each week, often posed in front of walls with a hand on their hip. I just wanted some photographic evidence that I exist apart from other people. Also, remember this, you're never as young as you are in pictures. But now it's years later, and I'm more worried about the story of my life through pictures being all very posed. My husband took this really great picture of me and my friend Lisa Booth recently. We were getting ready to pose for a picture together. You know, one of those pictures where we look at the camera with the exact look we perfected and smile the exact smile we do in all the photographs. And Lisa said something funny, and we both started laughing. It's not a great picture, but I love it so much because it's real and it's amazing. If you love looking back at your photographs, you need to make sure to take some candid shots, not just your perfect angles. Take some candid pictures of your friends and have them take some of you too. Maybe when you're laughing too hard and your face is all scrunched up. When you're imperfect and awkward, life isn't all great lighting and perfect angles. In 30 years, when we look back at our lives right now, we'll appreciate remembering those days as they actually were, imperfections and all. More candid shots in 2024. Happy New Year. Coming up next, an interview with Michael Malice. Join us after the break. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, 
Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hi, and welcome back to the Carol Markowitz Show on iHeartRadio. My guest today is Michael Malice. Michael is the host of Your Welcome podcast and the author of several books, most recently, The White Pill, A Tale of Good and Evil. Thanks so much for being on, Michael. I like how you're checking your notes to read the intro as if we're not friends. <laughs> and as if All you right, haven't I been just, on my I, show. I don't want to mess up book. the name of your book. <laughs> You've you read know, it. Oh, 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 white pill, the red pill. Who knows? I don't even know all the pills. <laughs> There's only four. I have read it. It was yeah. really good. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> all right. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not quite as experienced as you. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on. Happy New Year. Snovum Godam. And any New Year's resolutions? Um, I, res- I, I think about this a lot. And I think New Year's resolutions are things that you should look back in your previous year that you did right. And kind of be like, let's stick with this because that's working, right? So I think that because that's the kind of resolution you could stick mm. with. So I, right. what has worked for me really well in the past year was being completely vicious to people who deserve it on social media. <laughs> um, and I resolve, okay. and I've been very successful with it. And I resolve to be even more ruthless mm-hmm. and merciless. You know, most people choose to be nicer, but and that's, I guess and that's you why know, you had to write the book. You had for to write, you, really, and, and that's why you had to write the book. You had to write because people are nice. That's true too. Um, so we have kind of similar origin stories. Both born in the former Soviet Union. Both grew up in Brooklyn. Yeah. You moved to Texas shortly before I moved to Florida. Um, how's that been going? Oh, it's just epic. I, I'm really happy that I'm here. Um, you know, I was just, this is going to be the most like Brooklyn Jew conversation ever, but I have a buddy of mine, he's trapped in <laughs> Los Angeles and he's in a bad situation. And I was just mm-hmm. looking at real estate and you could get a nice two bedroom here to buy for like, I think it was like 200,000 or 250. And it's just like so crazy to me that, you know, in Brooklyn prices, what's that going to be like 700,000 minimum. So like the fact that Austin, even though it's exploding. Least, yeah. Yeah. The fact that Austin, even though it's exploding, is still affordable. The fact that everyone's coming here. Everyone comes. I'm surprised you haven't come through here yet, to be honest. Like, it's become such a way station um, I know. for so many people I, I've been to Dallas a few times, but not Austin. Yeah, I'm surprised. Mm-hmm. So you'll be here at Have some point, Have you made point, friends? Sure. Like, not like internet. <laughs> Have you made friends? Not like internet friends, but like situational friends, neighbors, and that kind of thing. Oh, no, 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 no. So, like, I am very opposed to a lot of notes yeah i like the idea of being again we're born in the soviet union the idea of being friends with my neighbors is something that i'm extremely opposed to i remember once and it was a russian neighbor Mm -hmm. uh my first apartment back from college and they were upstairs from me and like i saw them in the hall they're like we don't hear you we don't see you you call this a neighbor and i'm like that's the ideal when I don't mm-hmm. hear you and I don't see you, especially in Brooklyn, like that's the, like the problem with the neighbors is that you hear them too much, right? Like they're they're playing the music, they're partying, they're they're knocking <laughs> things around. So right. I, I I don't want to know my neighbors. Um, and no, I, I I think all my friends are like um 
they're not internet friends in that uh, um, we're only friends on the internet, but they're friends in that they they all have like some kind of platform. You met because, them there. Yeah. yeah. What's exciting about Austin is there's a lot of cross pollination here because you have the Bitcoin people, you have the comedians, mm-hmm. you have the podcasters, you have the biohackers, you've got the um, like white people stuff like cold plunges and everyone cross pollinates and that makes it really exciting. Do you wish you got out of New York earlier? No, because I think if you are committed to something that means a lot to you, like a marriage, right? You should really make sure before you leave that I mm-hmm. tried everything I could. Otherwise, you'd be like, you know what? You know, I quit too early. I could have done this. I could have done that. You'd have some kind of regrets. Yeah, I guess that's right. Um, but like New York was falling apart for a while. Do you feel like, you know, w- what pushed you out ultimately? I think first there were several, it, it was several, it had to be several things, right? Because that one thing is going to be like, I'm out of here. So first of all, that, it was like mm-hmm. a murder mystery because my friends got picked off one by one. They moved away. And I didn't realize until I left how lonely it had gotten. Um, the fact that all my mm-hmm. favorite establishments were like destroyed one at a time. So there was no place for me to go. Um, and then a, a buddy of mine, just she had this quote. She goes, why am I funding my own oppression? And it's like, Hold, yeah, what am I thinking here? So when I saw what I could afford here, I have like, like a huge house. Like, which I could never afford. Like, Carol, you, mm-hmm. you appreciate this as a Brooklynite. To have stairs in my house is like a miracle. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh my God, you know, I have stairs <laughs> in my house. So like that, yeah, to have huge. that, right. it's a big deal. Yeah. Do you live like a public life? Do you get recognized a lot? Um, yeah, a fair amount. But everyone's very, very cool. I've never had an annoying experience. They're real Because I have a reputation of being, um, I, mm-hmm. I can't say the word on the show, but I have a reputation. So people are often scared to talk you to me. You can say the word. Well, it's insufferable twat. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm scared I, to talk to you right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so it's a good thing because then people don't get too um, uh, like mm-hmm. like chummy, which I really don't like. So they're very everyone's very very nice. I talk to people at the gym all the time, or you know, if I run down the street, and it's really fun. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like more of an immigrant there? I, I just feel like once you leave New York, you know, the, the immigrantness that maybe faded into the background come, becomes more forward. Do you, do you I think feel that? Less of an immigrant here than New York because whenever I'm here, whoever I surround myself with, I never have to bite my tongue. Whereas in New York, especially like media circles, you never know who you're talking to and you don't know if tomorrow they're going to go on their Tumblr mm-hmm. or on their Substack and write some kind of revisionism of the experience we just had the night before, which has happened to me. And a lot of people in New York circles, especially wow. the circles you and I travel in, are literally like quite mentally ill and they can pass as normal, but then you don't know who you're dealing with. So that's, it's a lot easier here in that context in Austin. Do you, when you, when you're writing your books, like, do you find them, I, I found the white pill very hard to read. And I don't know. I mean, I found, I, I liked all of your books. I love your writing. You know, I'm a big fan. Um, and I wish I'd read more. I, I wish you wrote more often. I wish you were like a regular columnist. Cause I really, really do enjoy your work. Um, but do you find it difficult like to write about, you know, murder, torture, all the things that you cover in your books? Yeah. I just, taught an an eight-hour course for Peterson Academy, Jordan Peterson, about the rise and fall of the Soviet Union. And there's this one particular story of Peter Fechter, who was shot trying to cross the Berlin Wall uh, when he was 18 years old by the East Germans. Mm -hmm. And he took him an hour to die. He was bleeding out. And um, 
they 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 later said he was a fascist you know like it was just this really and we have his picture and we have the video of them carrying his body mm-hmm. and i think it was like 10 minutes for me to get through this story and i kept breaking down and i'm like i was like i don't know what i'm gonna do it was almost like the opposite like sometimes when you get the giggles and you're like holy crap i can't stop and then you're like now i'm laughing that i'm laughing right. and it's like like how do i get out of this and i just i, I don't know how i did it it was horrible yes. Um, and it, I even told the class, I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, you write something cause you want it to be powerful and then you're like lecturing from it and it is powerful. And like now you're a prisoner of your own accomplishment. So it was, it was, it's, right. I, I, I don't know how I got through that mm-hmm. course. It was a nightmare. Did you find white pill like tougher because it was more personal or was it just as hard as like your book on North Korea? It was much harder because it was much longer. Um, in terms of the carnage, the amount mm-hmm. and the degrees and the types and the fact that all of it was being defended in the West and the fact that it was personal um, and there was much more of what they did to children than in the North Korea stuff where the children were almost right. kind of like secondary, whereas here they were targeted. Um, and when mm-hmm. you have the quotes from Westerners being like, this is great. Um, and, and some of these people, these, right. these organizations are still in power. So, um, y- yeah, it was a lot tougher because it's so many more countries for so much, you know what I mean? For such a longer period. And it's in a way it was even more brutal. What do you think is our largest cultural societal problem in the U S I feel like it's related to a lot of things you cover in the book, but you know, I'd love your take. What do you think is our, our big issue? The universities. Hands down, no question. You solve that problem, everything else will be dominoes. Um, I have been calling for this for a very long time. I'm hardly unique in that regard. Uh, this, just this morning, mm-hmm. Ben Shapiro was tweeting out that um, you know they're not salvageable. Uh, it's not just going to be a little bit of chink tw- around the edges. Um, the fact that right. pe- mm-hmm. people are targeting the universities now, people who I agree with, uh, the good kind of people, is happening faster than I'd hoped for. And that mm-hmm. makes me very optimistic. And I think what I'm also optimistic about is if you look at politicians, right? Anyone who's running for office, they're going to have to have a thick skin because they know they're going to be attacked and, and what's coming for them. They, maybe they won't know what it's going to look like, of but course, they know, look, right. people are going to go mm-hmm. after you and you're going to have to smile and nod. And also, people mm-hmm. who agree with you who are crazy are going to come up to you at the campaign trail and be like, oh, you know, why are you talking about Bigfoot? <laughs> and you have to be like, yeah, yeah, right? Like, that's the thing. Like, as a politician, you have to be a bit of a phony. <laughs> and Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Journalists are going to be uh, uh, good conversationalists, quick on their tongue. Often, you know, they're going to be able to be articulate and defend themselves to some extent. They're going to have their peers, you know, who you could commiserate with. But the professors are the lowest of the low, and they're the weakest, the most vulnerable because they're completely cocooned. No one is there to take shots at them. Mm-hmm. They have tenure. So they're, in a sense, isolated and defenseless. So the fact that when they are currently and, and hopefully va- vastly increasingly escalated, targeted, they're really not going to know what's hitting them. And them watching them squeal for mercy is going to be absolutely uh, delicious. Um, and it started happening in social media. And it's just like my, my pornography. Okay. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break and be right back on The Carol Markowitz Show. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A lot of people in the White Pill do end up changing their minds about the Soviet Union, even though they, you know, it takes them a while. And a lot of people don't change their minds. A lot of people, you know, stay committed to the end that this, that nothing bad is going on. But, you know, I'm, I'm encouraged by the fact that there are a lot of people in your book who you document having their minds changed. And do you feel like that's what's happening now in the U.S.? Um, I am very skeptical of these like Whitaker Chambers types who, you know, are on the side of pure evil and then see the light and then kind of like, Mm-hmm. Um, become a snitch like they have their purpose but i will always be a little suspicious of them because when things are so demonic and you kind of don't don't like you're you know like how human beings have evolved that when we're around sociopaths like the hair on the back of our neck like stands up a bit like we have some kind of spidey sense yeah so if you're mm-hmm. if you're at that level when you are like on the side of evil then you're like oh they're even more evil than i thought it's like I don't have much use for you or like I have use for you, but it's going to be very arm's length. Uh, what I'm most excited about is, you know, I, I always say that we don't need a majority. We need an alternative. And I would just encourage people listening to this to imagine if mm-hmm. Elon had bought Twitter uh, before COVID and how different the COVID regime would, assuming he survived right. the pressures, how different the role would have been if you had one site, one prominent site where there was some element of discussion and debate mm-hmm. allowed. 
it would have been a very, very different story. Um, now, it may have played out the same in that they, they would have won, but point being, it's, it would not have been the same dance throughout. Mm-hmm. So that is the kind of thing where I'm hopeful for. Nor am I, nor am I thinking, by the way, that Elon Musk is an angel. Uh, the, but, you know, there's problems with Twitter. You know, he, he, I don't right. agree with him on everything. But the point is, there is still a space now. You know, the, one of my, my greatest accomplishments in 2023 was getting Roseanne Barr back on Twitter. And that was just very important morally because mm-hmm. it's one thing for them to take an L. It's another thing to have one of their wins reversed. Because then you, when you start losing ground, it gets scary right. and demoralizing. So you sound downright hopeful, actually. Like you sound more hopeful than I expected. I am very hopeful because if you have Dinesh D'Souza, mm-hmm. who is like king of the boomers, talking about like false flags and, you know, FBI radicalizing people and that they're the bad guys. And Dan Bongino, who was a cop, if you have him talking about the police, the fact that it's become completely normalized to understand that our government, the United States government, engages in completely depraved actions on a regular basis, this was not uh, part of the Overton window five years ago. Mm-hmm. And so you, like, you think it has moved the Overton window in the last five years to this? Don't you? Or do you I feel mean, like something really shifted in the last year? I mean, kind of. I, I don't know. I, I feel like people are uh, reactive. I'm not, I'm not sure that they've changed overall. I think that there's a lot going on in the last, you know, maybe year or two that I think that they're reacting to. Um, but I don't know. I, I guess I'm not quite as hopeful as you that, for example, if Elon had Twitter during COVID, yeah, it would have been, you know, definitely better. But pandemic two right now happens. I, I, I don't know that we take a wildly different path. There are certain states that would absolutely, even if it was literally, like, let's suppose pandemic two COVID was actually as deadly as it was supposed to have been. There are certain people and states that were like, I don't right. care. It's not real. Like the fact that this growing irrationalism well, yeah. has its pluses and its minuses. Right. So some of the minuses, I think, is people don't believe anything at all yes. about, you know, anything they're told, even when it's it's reliably true. Um, I, I guess that kind of stuff worries me. Um, I feel like you're less worried about that. I, I, it's not that I'm less worried. It's that I regard it as inevitable. So it's kind of like, listen, if you're going to have a horse ranch mm-hmm. and you're not prepared to deal with animals that are how much a horse weigh a ton, like you're the one with the problem. <laughs> like this is the situation. You've got a lot right. of horses. They need a lot of food. They need a lot of space. Okay. And they're going to, they're going to poop a lot. Like if you can't wrap your head around yeah. that, like, Get, get out of the ranch. So if you are prepared to have this kind of wacky enlightenment idea that if we all sit down and put all the facts forward, people are going to come to the truth. I- I'm sorry. I think you're a crazy person. <laughs> so do you personally feel like you've made it? You're, you're saying, you know, you think that the world has gotten, maybe the country's gotten better in the last few years. Do you think Michael Malice has made it? I know that the country's gotten better so much as the population in certain segments of them have gotten exponentially better. I think the country has gotten much, much worse in many ways. Mm-hmm. But I do know that I've made it, okay, and you'll appreciate yeah. this I, as a fellow I like immigrant. That clarification. That, that's right. Yeah. yeah. You'll uh-huh. appreciate this as a fellow immigrant because I own Margaret Thatcher's bookcases. So when I put them in my living room, I'm like, all right, like as an mm. immigrant, you know, to own her furniture. <laughs> which is kind of kitschy, whatever, it's old lady for bookcases. But yeah, like I've made it. And I also think this is something important I think people listen to. That's... My definition of making it is mm-hmm. really, really low. My definition of making it is if you have a job that you enjoy, 
right? And you can pay your rent. You can go on trips once in a while. If you go out to a restaurant, you don't have to think twice. And you could take your Ubers and not be like, mm-hmm. crap, this is, this is an issue. That's it. And you don't have to be Jerry Seinfeld to have made it as a comedian. You could just be someone with a nice one-bedroom apartment, right? And you have your dinners and you don't have a day job. That's, to me, you've mm-hmm. made it. I mean, I, I, you know, you're one of my favorite people. So I'd love to see a Mrs. Malice. Like, where are we on that? I don't ever meet humans. Like, I don't leave the house. See, this is why you should be friends with your neighbors. (laughs) God, can you imagine dating your neighbors? Like, my God. Yeah, I guess that's like like some kind of, that's like what, friends? I I guess they didn't date. No, they date each other, Chandler. I mean, uh, people do it, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I don't know. There's a lot of like, like my biggest turnoff is basic. And I think there's a lot of that here in Austin. I mean, you could expand beyond Austin. I think those apps let you, you know, put in a mile range. Well, yeah, no, the, I have my app to 25 miles, but it's still annoying. It's, it's not fun. All right. Well, I, still, I'm rooting for 2024, the year of Mrs. Malice. You know, I, I hope we make it happen. End here with your best tip for my listeners to improve their lives. Um, I, I'm going to preface this by saying I hate giving people advice because I don't think most people are in a position to receive it. You know, they want validation and they're not really there to hear Mm -hmm. it. But one piece of advice I do feel comfortable giving to everyone is uh, know what your boundaries are and be comfortable enforcing them. Because too many people feel comfortable letting other people walk all over them. They feel uncomfortable saying no. What if this person hates me? What if this problem with my boss? And it's better the problems with your boss than with you. Because when you get older, when you meet your maker and you look back on your life, are you going to be like, you know what? Like if I lost that job, is that such a big deal? What kind of person do you want to be? Do you want to be a person who you don't have to pitch a fit at the office? You don't have to be annoying with your friends, but at certain points, like, you know what? This doesn't make me comfortable. And if they don't like it, Mm -hmm. that's their problem. It quite literally is their problem. You have a right to your views. You have a right to your life and you have a right to tell people no. And you know, you, you don't even know them an explanation. Uh, you know, if Carol, if you had said, you know, what is there an issue we don't want to talk about? And I said, no. And you said, why? I'm like, I don't want to get into it. You, you would be like, okay, I respect that. And that's fine. And if people don't mm-hmm. respect that, this is not yeah. someone who is a, you're having a good relationship with. Boundaries. I love it. Thank you so much for being on, Michael. You are the best. I can't wait to read anything you write. Uh, please come again soon. Thanks so much for joining us on the Carol Markowitz Show. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.